Aloha and welcome to Thumbing Through Yesterday, the podcast where we take our favorite books off the shelf, dust them off, and remind ourselves why it is we love them so. My name's Tom Galley. Joining me today, we've got Tony Pasculi. Thanks, Tom. Excited for this one. And this time, we have gone way back on my way back machine. We're going to be reading, uh, or talking about, rather, uh, Winnie the Pooh, the original classic, and also The House at Pooh Corner by A.A. A. Milne. So, uh, why Winnie the Pooh? You know, I might be stretching the definition of favorite here <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I don't know that I have actually read a Pooh book since I was a child, you know, and, and was reading alongside with a parent beside me, helping me with some of the words. I certainly remember watching the animated series, you know, at a slightly later point in life. Um, I don't know. I just I feel warm fuzzies when things Pooh-related pop up. Interesting. Um, and I just thought it might be nice to, to go back and revisit this. So this actually, uh, it's interesting. I'm excited for this one because this is a favorite of mine, and it is a book I reread like every 10 years. Wow. Uh, and and one of the things about it is I forget how good it is until I reread it, and I'm just like, my God, this book yeah. is so good. <laughs> there are a number of things that really took me by surprise coming back and reading this as an yeah. adult. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, uh, well, how about an example? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's just start right off the bat with the language. Yeah. This is not a children's book written in children's language. This has got some fairly complex sentence structure, some really deep vocabulary. Um, not Lovecraft deep, but still some pretty deep vocabulary. And it's... It's charming, and it, it, it reminds me, everything reminds me of Douglas Adams, right? This yes. reminds me of Douglas Adams. So much of Douglas or Adams. Or maybe now Douglas Adams reminds me of A.A. A. Milne. Maybe. Maybe that's the way it goes. But, you know, I, I highlighted one passage that I just thinks, think shows this off really well. Pooh's trying to get some honey mm -hmm. from bees in the top of a tree, and he's practicing a deception. He's tied himself to a balloon painted blue. He's painted himself black <laughs> as if he were a storm cloud, thinking that the bees will ignore him. He's asked Christopher Robin to get an umbrella and walk back and forth, looking up and saying, oh my, I think it might rain. And this is the quote from Pooh. I think if you did that, it would help the deception which we are practicing on these bees. <laughs> I mean, what a clever way of phrasing that. And this is from the bear with very little brain. Yeah. What, a, what a delightful way to expose children to the power of language. You know? This struck me as I was reading it because the humor is also incredibly deadpan. And there's much of it. It's deadpan in the way of Neil Gaiman and Douglas Adams, like he mm -hmm. said. Uh, it's a very adult book by which I mean uh, that I don't think a child would enjoy reading this book. Per se. I think it is a book that is designed to be read to a child. Yeah. Uh, and I think that way, I think a big part of what makes this book fun, um, and particularly I think if that's the way it's presented to a child, is that there's a sense, uh, especially with the, the Christopher Robin uh, character, there's a sense in which the child is allowed to feel smarter than the animals, but the child is also being introduced to a world which is much more sophisticated than they know. But they're being guided into it by an adult, but there's this promise of, of stuff, of interesting thing, of the world's an amazing place, and mm -hmm. we're just scratching the surface here, buddy. Uh, but let's stay here safe in the 100-acre woods for now until you're ready. Yeah, it's, it's wonderfully innocent and delightful and with a promise of things to come that are amazing. And that is what I love about these books. It really is, and the uh, yeah the the character interactions. Now, one of the things that struck me working my way through this is Pooh, who is arguably the 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 hero of all of these, <laughs> is not 
the finest example of humanity or verity out there. <laughs> you know, Pooh has a, a selfish streak in him. Um, he does have a bit of a selfish streak. He fights yes. against it, you know, and in yeah. the end, he usually ends up doing the right things. But many of the of the situations that we find the characters find themselves in are come about because they're motivated by undesirable things. Um, I'd have no recollection whatsoever of the plot to kidnap Rue, for example. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so King and Rue show up in the Hundred Acre Wood, and the other animals are alarmed by this. So Rabbit and Pooh and Piglet hatch a scheme, largely Rabbit's scheme, um, it's mostly to rabbit. kidnap Rue yes. and use this to force Kanga and Rue out of the forest so yes. that they don't have to share Christopher Robin's attention. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, that's Rabbit's thing. Rabbit's a little bit more conniving than Pooh. I think right, Pooh and Piglet go along with they it. They do go along with it, yeah. yeah. And poor Piglet ends up paying the price. He gets himself yeah. bathed and his ears scrubbed. Yes. Poor Piglet. <laughs> and of course, it works out all to the better and everyone yeah. becomes friends, but... Uh, yeah. In the follow-up book, I don't know if we're going to hop back and forth between books, but sure. there's a there's a similar plot which which Rabbit hatches to take Tigger down a notch. <laughs> Tigger has too much bounce, too and we need to bounce. get him lost in the woods so he'll become a sad and small Tigger. Yeah, and yeah. Before, of course it backfires horribly, and Rabbit gets lost in the woods and becomes a sad and small rabbit Indeed. who gets rescued by Tigger. <laughs> Just overjoyed to see Tigger. So I guess, I mean, in a way, these are good lessons, right? Because you can see a child having this issue. It's like, oh, no, there's another baby coming. I won't have as much attention. I'm going yes. to act out. Oh, but look, it ended up okay for Kenga and Rue, so maybe it'll end up okay for me. Yeah. I guess maybe it's not so subtle there, the lesson he's trying to push. What I like about that is that the morals seem to be small morals and not big morals morals yeah. they're not you're not getting hit over the head with them but you you are getting some clues to you know good behavior I, and you're also getting a lot of pass on bad behavior it's like well you know you're selfish but it doesn't make you a terrible person it makes you a person who was selfish that one time yeah yeah so it just happened to show up at somebody's house at about 11 and maybe they'll invite <laughs> you in for a little smack rule of something <laughs> smack rule such a fun word which only yeah. appears, I think, twice, once in each of these books. I, I, I associate the word smackerel with who, <laughs> and yet it's, it's, it's barely in there. Yeah. Uh, I, you talked about highlighting a passage. I highlighted so many passages that I could have just not highlighted passages and had more emphasis. There's so, yeah. so much of this is just Well, this, this is one of those books you could literally open to any page and start reading and, and, <laughs> and be assured that whatever paragraph you started on was somehow magnificent. You know? Yes. Uh, one of the devices that Milne uses, which I enjoy quite a bit, is the uh, the capitalization of things. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. The Piglet is a capital V, very capital S, small capital A animal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that Pooh is similarly capitalized, bear of very little brain. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yet for the bear of very little brain, he comes up with several pretty good ideas. He does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a book. I don't know if you've read this or encountered this ever in your life. There's a book called The Tao of Pooh. Mm -hmm. yeah, I have Have you read that? I yeah. have. It's a good partner to Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Is it? It is. Uh, it's, that's not a book that I've ever gotten through. Uh, I remember uh, reading The Tao, encountering The Tao of Pooh, writing about it for an English class for some reason. 
Um, but that was one of the times when I went back and revisited the Pooh books and discovered how yep. wonderful they are. And so now they're just sort of on my radar as as, as books to come back and to. You've also got the is it Day or Tay of Piglet? The Day. I think the it's Day. day of, the Day yeah, of day Piglet. Of Piglet. Yeah. Less compelling that one. Yeah, I mean that was clearly I wrote a successful book. How can I follow up on this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think about that, and it's been a long time since I've read The Tao of Pooh, but I think about that. Pooh is not a perfect person or a perfect bear, as you say, but he is a bear whose, whose instincts are generally good, even though he is, he is a very, you know, sort of uh, human uh, and selfish bear at times, but he generally, he's thoughtful, he's kind, uh, and he's, his heart is in the right place yeah. for the most part. And when he gets led astray, he gets led astray by clever animals like a rabbit, and and when he uh, he makes mistakes of his own accord, he generally just suffers the consequences and and bears them with good grace. Yeah. Yep. And things tend to work out okay because he just kind of like he has this you know wonderful Taoist non-attachment to <laughs> to anything beyond honey really. Yep. This and is his, true. And his friends. And yeah. his friends. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one of the things. That oh, I'll get this. Actually, I was going to say one of the things I don't like about this book, but let's save that for later. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite story of all of these stories? There's like twenty stories, I think, between the you two. Yeah, I, I took a distressingly small number of <laughs> notes and highlights just because I was having such a good time reading it. I didn't want to ever break the flow. The one in which they're trying to find a new house for Owl, I think, oh, is just a magnificent because it's. You know, it's clever, it's funny, and yet it is one of the finest examples of of self-sacrifice and community and, and yes. you know, love of friends um, that I think is to be found in these books. Yeah, that is wonderful. So, so the story is that Owl loses his home in a storm. It gets blown over. The tree gets blown <clears throat> over. And everyone's looking for a new home for Owl. And that Eeyore, of all people, finds a perfect replacement home. Mm -hmm. And the replacement home happens to be Piglet's actual home. And Piglet says, yeah, no, that would be a great home for Owl. Yeah. And as they're standing there looking at it, you know, Christopher Robin, who realizes what's going on, <laughs> um, he asks Piglet, well, Piglet, if your house had blown over, where would you go? And Pooh, without a moment's hesitation, takes Piglet's paw and says, he would come live with me. Yes. Right? So, uh, uh. Incredible. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Do you have a favorite of these stories? Uh, man, it's it's so hard to choose. I love Eeyore. I have a real soft spot for Eeyore. <laughs> Eeyore's <laughs> sarcastic comedy is just priceless time and again. The, some of the things he says when he's floating down the river on his back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Without, without going back and just reading the whole thing out loud, it's hard yeah. to... To, yeah. But I think my favorite story is Eeyore's birthday uh, because we get to see Eeyore in sort of uh, a new light. Because mostly, mostly Eeyore is a sad sack who, who, as people point out to him, would be happier if he just went out and visited other people and said hello to people. Mm -hmm. But he mostly keeps to himself and he's mostly surly. And occasionally someone remembers, oh, yeah, Eeyore, and they do something nice for him. Um, but he's got this really horrible outlook on life. Uh, he's very depressed, but he has a he's sort of bemoaning the fact that it's his birthday and no one is celebrating his birthday. And uh, and they decide, oh well, Pooh Poo and Piglet decide let's let's give him a gift. Pooh decides he's going to give him a jar of honey, which is lovely. I mean, you know, it's kind of selfish too because <laughs> does Eeyore like honey or does Pooh like honey? Pooh likes it. In fact, Pooh likes it so much that he eats the honey, and then decides, well, it's still a nice jar. I'll give him the jar. Right. And 
piglet runs to get him a big bright balloon, which will cheer him up, but then he falls over because he's a very small animal and pops the balloon, and all he has instead is a damp rag to give him. And they show up to this party, this tragic party with no cake, and, and all they have is an empty jar and a popped balloon, and Eeyore is delighted because the pop balloon, unlike an inflated balloon, will fit in the jar. And the yeah. jar is perfectly sized to put things in, and he spends the rest of the day taking his balloon in and out of the jar. Yep. And that is just so charming. And it's so nice to see Eeyore happy for once. Yes. And under, under such unexpected circumstances. Yeah. So that that was just wonderful. That's my favorite story, I think. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Eeyore gets a little bit heavy at times. <laughs> but he's, he's usually offset by the other characters. He's so dark. He's so dark. I, I have to think that A.A. Uh, a. Milne, so he originally, he these stories he uh, told to to his son, Christopher Robin, mm-hmm. uh, and then set them down later. Uh, and you can just see, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, I, I need to tell another story to my child who has an unending appetite for stories. And you can just tell he's trying to amuse himself as he's telling these stories. Yep. And he does such a great job of making these wonderful, bright, vibrant characters that really come to life. And at the same time, you can it's so much fun for him. He's really amusing himself even more, I think, than he's amusing Christopher Robin. Yeah. And I love the fact the the first book actually starts with him talking to his son. Yes. You know, and then when He's telling the story and he introduces Christopher Robin and Christopher Robin's like, is that me? He's like, yeah, the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the description of him walking, he's always dragging the Pooh Bear by the, by the by, back leg. And yeah, the, and he's going the head thump, is thump, consistently thump. Thump, thump, thumping up and down the stairs. Yes. Makes me think, makes me wonder what the head is stuffed <laughs> with that you actually get that much of a thump. But whatever. Uh, that's a good point because we know, <laughs> we know that uh, their heads are stuffed with fluff Mm-hmm. Because only rabbit and owl have brains, and all the other animals have fluff in their heads. So that's why they can't think. Yes. Yeah. As another nice moment for Eeyore, Eeyore has recently learned about the letter A, which you can make with three sticks. Uh, and it's and it's so significant to him because this is a thing that only Christopher Robin and Eeyore know how to make the letter A. And A stands for education, it stands for learning, it stands for knowledge. And then Rabbit comes by and says, oh, yeah, three sticks. That's an A, but not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very Rabbit, yeah. <laughs> and Eeyore is so disappointed that Rabbit knows with this thing without being told uh, that he stomps on the three sticks until they are six sticks and then 12. And yeah. yeah. What is education? A thing that Rabbit knows. thing that yeah. Rabbit knows, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that one of the reasons Owl is respected for being so very intelligent is because he can spell Tuesday. But not correctly. <laughs> not correctly, but still. You know, but they keep coming back to this. You know, this isn't the sort of thing you did in the house of somebody who could spell Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love the fact that you know, even though he can't spell it correctly, he still gets credit for spelling it. Yeah. And the the distinction is that he can spell it well enough that you can distinguish between Tuesday and Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> owl, owl who cannot even spell his own name. He spells it Wall. It's O L. All the letters are there. Yep. Right? Yep. It's his name. He can spell it. You know, however he chooses. Yeah. This is also the same owl that nailed uh, Eeyore's tail. Uh, to the side of his house is a bell pole. Yes. Yeah. Owl, who who thought it was a, a bell pole in the wild, just hanging on a bush, and pulled it, but no one answered. <laughs> 
Yeah, Owl is Owl is not very bright, actually. Yes. Yeah. None of the animals are. So uh, this these books actually remind me a lot of we talked about Douglas Adams uh, for the deadpan humor because uh, it really is just so wonderfully deadpan, but also reminds me a lot of Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, there's this sort of world of imagination. I mean, obviously, uh, um, you know, it's kids POV. Uh, the animals are alive, but also Calvin and Hobbes had that similar sort of uh, innocence to it. Even very much so. Calvin was a very snarky individual, unlike Crystal. Rob- well, Eeyore, I say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's snark presence. Just, yes, yeah. there is. It's just limited to Eeyore. Yeah, not to a main character. Uh, these these books are just. Unbelievably charming. Uh, here's a quote of a thing that I think is, um, do you ever do any drafting in high school? A bit, yes. Yeah, take a drafting class. You remember uh, HB pencils and 2B pencils? <laughs> yeah, two. <laughs> so um, one, of the, one of the animals gets a pencil. Oh, Pooh. Pooh gets a pencil case. Mm-hmm. And in it, there are pencils marked B for bear, HB for helping bear, and BB to B for brave bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like we don't even know what these pencils are anymore. Unless you do drafting, yeah, all you know is a yeah, number two. That's pencil. something that's getting lost, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then Christopher Robin was quite concerned. Was Pooh's pencil set as nice as mine? Yeah, you know? uh, it was identical. I think it yeah. was the same pencil case. Well, the things that the kid worries about, you know, he's worried: Does Pooh have a good enough pencil case? Yeah. Yes. There's so many. Again, <laughs> just like you said, any quote. <laughs> This comes out of the second book, um, and mm-hmm. I don't even remember what they're talking about, but Pooh has tried to explain something to Rabbit. I don't see much sense in that, said Rabbit. No, said Pooh humbly, there isn't. <laughs> but there was going to be when I began. It's just that something happened to it on the way. I I made a made a highlight of that same quote, and I think I highlighted the bit before that, actually. What's the bit before that? Uh, give us a second, and I think we can find out. Oh, this is where they're looking for... Uh, they are lost. They have tried to get Tigger lost, and they are now That's lost it. in the woods. And they say, what if we try to find this pit again? Right. They keep coming across <laughs> the same patch, the same sand pit, yes. while they're trying to find home. And Pooh has suggested trying to find the sand pit. Yes. Because yeah. we can't find home. So if we can't find the sand pit, maybe we'll find something we're not looking for, i.e. Yep. not the pit. We'll find home because we can't find home we're looking for. It. We find the pit, which is a great piece of logic and <laughs> actually very Dirk Gently. Yep. Uh, Dirk Gently's technique for, well, I'll just follow a random person and I won't necessarily be uh, the place I was intending to go, but it always leads me somewhere interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a wonderful quote. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have one here. <laughs> Pooh encounters rabbit in the forest. Uh, they're going to go on an expedition. Uh, Hello, rabbit. He said, "Is that you?" Let's pretend it isn't," said rabbit, and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just so much. It is so much fun to read these. And again, I I I just don't remember them having the substance that they have. They they really do. They hold up. I they're they're so worth reading. And I. I assume you didn't read the other uh, the other two books. Uh, I definitely thought about it, but honestly, I finished this one um, Sunday night. So I finished this in the car in the parking lot. The <laughs> second one, I've read them before several times. So uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I did. I was sort of 
lagging on Dune, so I had to race through these, which was a shame because I enjoy reading these so much and I read them very fast and I yeah, might go back I, and read them again. I was thinking the same thing because I, I, I didn't get to these <laughs> until this weekend, you know, so yeah. I read the first book on Saturday and the second book on Sunday and, and I, I was <laughs> lamenting the fact that I was pushing through them. Um, like they're only a couple of hours each. It wasn't that big they an are. investment, but they're, still, they're I, I wish, you know, it's the sort of thing I would like to just, you know, read one story and then put the book down. Exactly. And, and, and read one story a day. Yeah. yeah and stretch it out. so good. So if I do pick up the third and fourth book, I think I'll take that approach. Just, you know, maybe I'll put them in the throne room and just use yeah. that for <laughs> extended <laughs> sessions. So I love this um, this characterization of Pooh, uh, this little thing he does when when uh, Tigger and Rue are stuck in the tree. Tigger's quite concerned because he knows he can't climb down. Rue thinks it's a big game, so he's just having fun. Uh, it's like, we're going to live here forever now. Yay! Mm -hmm. Because Tigger can't climb down. Uh, and Piglet and Pooh are trying to figure out uh, how, to, uh, how to resolve this situation. Uh, Piglet said Pooh solemnly, when he heard all this, what shall we do? And he began to eat Tigger's sandwiches, which were at the base of the mm -hmm. tree that they brought along with them. Uh, they're stuck. Yeah, Pooh nodded, da 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 da, da. They have some, uh, I mean, I might Piglet, I might bring Rue down on my back, but I couldn't bring Tigger down, so we must think of something else. And in a thoughtful way, he began to eat Rue's sandwiches too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, ah. Uh, it kills me. It's so charming. It is. Sandwiches <laughs> are made to be eaten. So. They are. They are. But just his his absent-minded eating of the sandwiches, sandwiches which are not his own, but he's thinking and he's eating and he's very thoughtfully eating them. Yep. Yeah. Now, one of the things that struck me when I was reading this, Pooh's voice in the book is always described as growly. Um, yeah. And yet, you know, I, I grew up with the animated ones and I always, when I read the dialogue, I hear the voice of Pooh as, as it's portrayed, you know, that, that soft, mellow, rounded voice. And then I come across the growly reference again and there, there's a little dissonance in there. I'm not as familiar with the cartoons. I know I've seen them at least once where to me, the, the books loom much larger in my mind. I have a Obviously, an image of Pooh in bright yellow and, uh, you know, all the animated characters. But, um, yeah, I don't have a sense of, of Pooh's voice from the uh, from the animation. But I think even though he's characterized as growly, I don't think it's a deep and rough growly. I imagine it's a pretty light growl. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, TV did me a slight disservice there. <laughs> Go figure. As it so often does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is another... <laughs> I'm just going to quote things from these books because I love them so much. Go for uh, it. Christopher Robin comes to help rescue Tigger and Rue from the tree. Uh, but Piglet wasn't listening. He was so agog at the thought of seeing Christopher Robin's blue braces again. Apparently, Christopher Robin wears suspenders that are bright blue. Piglet had only seen them once before when he was much younger and being a little overexcited by them had had to go to bed half an hour earlier than usual. <laughs> that was bizarre. <laughs> that was so bizarre. It, it just, to me, it's a different time when you can't imagine a kid being that excited about seeing another kid's suspenders and yeah. how bright they are because, because every kid's got an iPhone and, and they're playing whatever pop cap games on it uh, or they're, they're doom scrolling TikTok or whatever. They're so, um, so blasted by, by uh, dopamine all the time 
that nothing is that exciting in their world anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that is a shame. I think that's something we've lost. So exciting that he had to go to bed <laughs> half an hour early. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also speaks volumes of, of Piglet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of, of the, the innocence and naivety yes. and inexperience. They're so blue. <laughs> yes. We talked about favorite stories. Do you have a favorite character? That's a hard one. It is hard. I, I love Tigger's boundless optimism. <laughs> um, you know, and I love the fact that we're introduced, you know, we're trying to find breakfast for Tigger. Tigger's like everything. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Honey is favorite, honey. Tigger's favorite Tigger's everything except for honey. <laughs> and acorns. Acorns is Tigger's favorite things. <laughs> um, and I, I'm actually reminded of Doctor Who when, uh, when Matt Smith <laughs> came in and he's trying to figure out, you know, like apples, hate apples, like this, you know, it ends up with fish fingers and custard, hmm. which I think is British for fish sticks and custard. I think fish fingers and fish sticks. Or something. Anyway, but yeah, that, but that same sort of climbing is what Tiggers do best. Yeah. Right? He had forgotten Tiggers can only climb up. Right? They yeah. can't climb back down. The, the tail gets in the way. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel a certain simpatico with with uh, this um, this bumbling enthusiasm, right? Of course yeah. this can be done. Oh, wow. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I am, I am torn between uh, Piglet and Eeyore. Eeyore's another one because I, I wish I had the, the ability to be as, as consistently sarcastic oh my as goodness. he does with that deadpan dry sense, yeah. So, so Eeyore is floating in the river and they're trying to think of a way to get him out. And they think, what if we drop rocks next to him and it'll make waves and push him to shore? And Piglet says, suppose we hit him by mistake, Piglet said anxiously. Or supposing you missed him by mistake, said Eeyore. Think of all the possibilities, Piglet, before you settle down to enjoy yourselves. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. I think Eeyore is consistently the funniest character. Uh... He's the only reason he wouldn't necessarily be my favorite character is he's such a negative. He's consistently uh, negative. He's yeah. incapable of being not negative. Although he does, you know, find Owl a house. He does, yeah. He's the one that comes through there. And I think I think when Piglet offers up his house, he does it as much uh, so as not to take away Eeyore's victory as he does to provide Owl mm-hmm. a house. Yeah. I agree. But I think, I don't know, I think on balance I like Piglet better. For his very noble sacrifice, for his he's he's a very small animal, and yet he's always going on these adventures with Pooh, and he's just yep. nervous as hell. <laughs> yeah, but he that doesn't but he, stop him from going. It though. doesn't stop him. Yeah, you know. In fact, he saves them when Owl's house blows over. They, yeah, the three of yeah. them are trapped in there. And they would <laughs> still be trapped in there if it weren't for Piglet. Yeah, yeah. He's always thinking, you know, they're going to hunt a heffalump, and he's like. What if there is a Huffalump? Maybe I should go and look to see if there's one first. And if there is, I can go home and pretend I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, that Heffalump, that Heffalump yeah. trap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, this is actually something that I love. There's a continuity in these mm-hmm. books. Events that happen in one story continue to impact yes. the characters in subsequent stories. Yes. All's tree blows over. He's now without a house. That has consequences, right? Yeah. Um, they dig a pit to trap a heffalump. That has consequences later on. Yes. This really, this book really made me wish I lived next to a lazy river with a bridge on it so that I could play poo sticks. Oh, poo sticks. What a great game. <laughs> Indeed. Just 
sitting there doing, well, that's not doing nothing, right? Doing nothing is a separate category for yes. playing poo sticks, but it's yeah. awfully close to doing nothing. Yeah. Kind of sad how the second one ended. The, uh, the, With the knowledge Robin of is... Christopher La Robin leaving. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, we come back into reality where A.A. Millen is telling Christopher Robin's story and Christopher Robin heads off to bed. But it, it makes me wonder what was going on there. Is this the point where the, the child is about to go to school and everything's about to change and he's worked it into the story that way? I guess. I mean, it's it's the, well, you're wearing a Toy Story t-shirt. So it's, <laughs> it's you know, when when Andy grows up and leaves his toys behind. Yeah. yeah. So. But we've got two books to go, so. Well, the other two books are not direct sequels. They're other books that are sort of, um, and they don't concern these uh, characters as much. And uh -huh. I haven't read them in a long time. I think they're worth reading, but I literally remember nothing about them. Okay. But I don't think they're about Pooh and his friends. I think they're, I don't remember, honestly, what they're about. Yeah. Uh, but the end of this book, the end of the second book, reminded me a lot of the last Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. I can definitely see that. I can see the parallel yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Because uh, it's just turned up on the internet recently is a picture of these animals. So these were actual stuffed animals that belonged to actual Christopher Robin. And that's why the stories are about this particular set mm -hmm. of characters is because he had a stuffed bear called Pooh. And he had a he had a Tigger and he had a Kanka and he had an Eeyore. Yeah. And that's why these are the characters in the book. And these... This collection of animals still exists in some museum somewhere, and they're ratty as hell, and they look very much like the illustrations in the books, <laughs> which is wonderful. Now, I wanted to talk actually a little bit about the illustrations, because that is definitely a large portion of the charm of these things. I mean, the book itself would be lovely without them, but they add so much to it. They really do. And this, this is a point at which it makes me a little sad. I'm reading it on a Kindle rather than actually having a hard copy, you know, bound edition mm. that I could get the detail of the drawings. I was trying to remember, Winnie the Pooh does not start the book as Winnie the Pooh. He starts as Edward Bear. Edward Bear, that's right. Yeah. Here we go. When I first heard my name, I said, just as you're going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie the Pooh. Don't you know what there means? <laughs> ah, yes, now I do, I said quickly, and I hope you do yeah. too, because it's all the explanation you are going to get. Yes. So, Winnie Therpoo. <laughs> he also lives in a house under the name Sanders. <laughs> Some of the naming in this book, and just like, I imagine it comes from Christopher Robin, just like, yep, okay, we're just going to go with that. Yep. It's like Alexander... What one of one of Rabbit's relatives is named Alexander Small or something like that? Mm -hmm. Alexander Beetle. Alexander Beetle. Alexander yeah. Beetle. <laughs> I love the fact that Rand that Rabbit has so many relations and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. You were talking about him living under the name of Sanders. Yes. Uh, we get a parenthetical <laughs> aside, which I think is the only time he does this in the course of a story. What does under the name mean? asked Christopher <laughs> Robin. It means he had the name over the door in gold letters and he lived under it. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh wasn't quite sure, said Christopher Robin. Now I am, said a growly voice. Then I will go on, said I. There's, uh, there's a sense in which, so obviously he's telling these stories about these toys for his son. Uh, but there's a wonderful back and forth, which is obvious because he was telling them before he wrote them down. 
where where Christopher Robin clearly asked a question and he answered it and is a wonderful sort of yes and equality to it mm-hmm. where he never contradicts him. He just like says, yep, yep, that's exactly right. That's it. That's going in the story now. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just I'm giggling to myself because I'm reading through a list of quotes that I highlighted. Uh, somebody took something from Eeyore. His tail? Yes. He lost his tail. Yes. Somebody must have taken it. Said Eeyore, how like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eeyore never fails to entertain. Oh, and then who is it? Someone lives, Piglet? Is it Piglet who lives in a house uh, that says Trespassers W on it? Right. Which, which he has to which explain is short, is short for, for Trespassers, Trespassers Will, Will, which is which short is for short Trespassers, Trespassers William. William. Yeah. He has an ancestor named Trespassers or a family member named Trespassers William. Fun fact, there is an indie band, or there was, they're defunct now, they're called Trespassers William. Oh, what a good yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is one, this is not exactly what I'm talking about with the back and forth, but it's that that sort of that sense of uh, not really sure what we're talking about, but let's pretend that we do. They're talking about heffalumps. I saw one once, Piglet said, at least I think I did, only perhaps it wasn't. So did I, said Pooh, wondering what a heffalump was like. You don't often see them, said Christopher Robin carelessly. Not now, said Piglet. Not at this time of year, said Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Such wonderful yes anding. Yeah. Great improv. And that carelessly, he has a lot of that. That happens often where somebody will say something carelessly. Yes. Right? And, you know, Piglet does that when he's trying to fish the. Pooh promised him a poem about his epic yeah. rescue, and you know he uses the carelessly to, to get Pooh to yeah. recite the poem. And there's a there's an interesting thing going on with Christopher Robin here. Is the only human character in the books, well, except for the author at the very very beginning, where clearly he is the most important person in this in these animals universe, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any appreciation for that fact. I mean, he's almost like a god to these animals. He comes in, he solves problems, he makes everyone feel safe. Uh, they bask in his attention and he just sort of comes and goes. He's whimsical, drifting in and out of their lives. Yeah. And their lives revolve entirely around him. Uh, so it's a little bit, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite tragic when he leaves yep. and when he moves on. And, uh, you know, in that role, he favors Pooh. Yes. Um, which I mean, the others don't complain about it, but it's certainly yeah. unfair to the others. It, it, yeah, Pooh has a very privileged position among the other animals of the Hundred Acre Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it affects some of them more deeply than others. Eeyore, quite a bit. <laughs> Indeed. I think. Piglet, not uh, some, but not as much. Rabbit seems to be immune uh, somehow. Yeah. And Tigger. Yeah. Well, Rabbit is always very important. <laughs> yes. You know, wherever he is, whatever he's doing, he's the very important one. So He is. He's okay with that, I think. He wakes up thinking, this would be a good day to organize something or, <laughs> or write a letter signed Rabbit. <laughs> yes. Indeed. All right. You got anything else on Winnie the Pooh? I mean, no, I get to sit other, here and read quotes to, all day. <laughs> to reiterate, you know, what, what a delight it was to revisit this. And, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to put this on my list of to be read again, you know, every so often, every few years. Yeah. This is one of those books. And I, I don't have very many books as physical books anymore. That's not true. I have tons because I'm trying to get rid of them. But 
I don't buy new books. I, I try to read stuff on a Kindle because books take up so much space. Mm -hmm. But this is a book that's worth owning as a book because it's the kind of book that you just want to see it on the shelf and it makes you happy that it's there and you can pull it off and just thumb through it. And as you say, you know, you could flip to any page and find something worthwhile on that page. Yep. Yeah. It's it's just a delight from beginning yeah. to end. It should, it's a book that should be a book and not just live on a Kindle. All right. All right. What's what's next? Well, we're going to try something new. I actually have a, a friend who has asked to come on the podcast and join us with one of her favorite books for next event, next time. Exciting. And we will be reading Huckleberry Finn. Huckleberry Finn, Huckleberry the great Finn American Mark novel. Twain, yeah. yeah. Something I certainly haven't visited since high school. I, I read it recently, and it's it's a, it's an interesting book, and it was a surprise to me when I read it recently. But we'll talk about that next time. In two weeks. Again, see you in two weeks. Mm -hmm.